Hello and welcome to the Life As Podcast. My name is Ryan Madrid and this podcast gets people to share things about their lives from which other people might find something useful, meaningful, life-changing, or just funny. It's a conversation among locals about the world to the world, maybe mundane but actually relevant. Recording in the Philippines just this 2019. This is the Life As Podcast. Our lives follow trodden, normal paths. Well-curated is a term used by one of two guests we have for today when she described her own trodden, normal path. But fate throws us a few surprises and curveballs, so much so that even our own notion of our own selves that is, our own existence, come under scrutiny. Why am I here? Why am I not there? Why did I make this choice? But as if a fairy with a small voice comes to whisper in our ears, we suddenly adapt in rather unexpected ways. We let hidden, forgotten things inside of us resurface and provide light in places we never even bothered to look. A first for Life As Podcast, we simultaneously feature two guests, both remarkable individuals and both friends of mine. To save you from confusion, the first one is Giselle Batomalaki, a doctorate student wrapping up her thesis in Drexel University in Philadelphia, USA, before she heads back home here to the Philippines. The second one is Janet Mikey Lau, a professional urban planner who spent some time working on projects here in the Philippines and now lives and works in Hawaii. Their lives have one distinct thing in common, which you'll find out later. For all the rest, they have been gracious enough to share with us their experiences at home and abroad. Well, hello everyone. We're with my old college instructor, also from the same institute from biology, Ms. Giselle Batomalake. She was my instructor in, in um, 116 Invertebrate Biology. At naalala ka ba ito yung mga specimens na ginamit natin? Mostly mollusks. Of course! Ang, uh, <laughs> section na tinuro ka Yeah. As a consequence, she is an expert in taxonomy of mollusks. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. That what that that's what um the average person who knows zilch might say. Cool. <laughs> Do you get cool very often when you explain your 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 uh, profession or your, your field of study? Uh, yeah, I mean they say that or yeah, I think that's the <laughs> I don't know. Is that pero pero I feel like that's that's the most polite yeah. thing you can say. Pero yeah, I mean it's it's fine. Uh, I mean. No, it, it's not like fine, fine, pero okay lang. It, it's, it's good. And now, um, you're, you're not in America. You're now in Philly. Yeah. Eating lots of bagels and cream cheese. Ay, bawal ka pala sa bagels. <laughs> no, bro. I haven't eaten any. You haven't any had a bagel Actually, in Philadelphia. No, like, like, I have, I have, but not recently. You still bike a lot in, in the campus, I mean, in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm actually joining this bikeathon. So the ACS American Cancer Society bikeathon um, is in June 9, and me and my team are 
raising funds for cancer research. So if you have the extra money, <laughs> please donate to Team Dinosaur. You can find that in the website of ACS. Okay. Uh, Team Dinosaur. Ayan. Nandun yung name ko. <laughs> Have how yeah. so how how have you settled in in the state so far? I mean, 2014, 2019 na ngayon. It's been five years. That's quite some time. Oh it's quite some time. <laughs> yes, it's it hasn't been difficult actually. Cause I mean, given that I don't I don't have any relatives here. Mm-hmm. Parang lang. I mean, wow. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm used to I'm used to staying away from home. Um, but I did get connected to a to the Filipino community here, and then I ended up joining this randalia <laughs> with the guitar. Yeah, I, I, so I first started with the guitar. Oh, with the guitar I bought using the gift certificate that <laughs> that you gave me uh, from Guitar Center. I don't remember, but um, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tapos, we were losing members for the banduria, so I learned to play the banduria, and mm-hmm. then, yeah. I mean, but mo- mo- more about um, so you you said now wala kang relatives Jan. Mm-hmm. Did you like? Do you like it that you're like you're, you're like alone and you you really you uh, only have yourself to make a name for yourself? Do you yeah, appreciate that in any way? I mean, and not like not that not that I don't want to have relatives here. I mean, mm-hmm. there's more flexibility on my part. Like, I, I mean, you know how Filipinos are. Like, if they said, "Oh, you have relatives here. You have relatives here. You have the, to go and visit there, there, them." There's a compulsion. To, you know, like you have to, to do the rounds of right. Yeah, of going to everyone, mm-hmm. saying, you know, even if you don't know them that well. Um, yeah, and I don't have that that pressure mm-hmm. um but i do have a lot of high school teachers who moved here right so in philadelphia yeah in and i've been going no not in philadelphia but all over the u.s i have several in new york uh, yeah i've been going to new york um several times mm-hmm. we're in new york um, uh a lot of them queens, are in the bronx, bronx. and in queens mm-hmm. yep so at least Ingay, eh. alam mo mas familiar ako sa geography ng New York and Philadelphia than Manila. <laughs> I, I wouldn't the, blame you because, because of the grid. Yeah. Because of the grid. It is easy, um, easy to get around. System. Hi Janet, how are you? Hi Ryan, I'm good. Good to be here speaking and seeing you. Right. Um, by the way, my name is now Janet Monkeylow. Oh, Mikey Lau. I got, yeah, I got married uh, <laughs> late last year. Cool. Right. So right now, our, our listeners are wondering why were you in the Philippines? So um, before that, why not just a quick, brief biographical background before the whole Philippines sure. thing? Um, so I grew up in the United States. Mm-hmm. I was born and mostly raised in the East Coast of the U.S. My parents are from China mm-hmm. and um, they immigrated to the U.S. and I was, I was born there. I lived in China for a little bit when I was a toddler, but I, I don't remember any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up mostly in Jersey, and then I studied finance in New York. And then, um, and then when I, I, I went around a bit, I lived in Europe for a couple of years. 
I uh, taught English in Spain, and then I lived in uh, the Netherlands for a year. Mm-hmm. And then I moved back to the U.S., and I did my graduate studies in Boston, and I studied urban planning. That was right before I moved to the Philippines, and I, I moved to the Philippines with the hope of doing some planning work. Cool. That was quite some and mileage before the Philippines part. I mean, what was your age doing all of these things? I mean... You finished sure, college by yeah. the age of 22, 23? 20, uh, 21, 22. Giselle continued to tell us about her straight line path in the academe. While Janet was not so lucky, having been thrown into the 2008 financial crisis after finishing college. So as early as that time, you really decided that America was going to be the place. Was there any other competing institution oh, in a different country? Right. When you were deciding um, yeah. on your PhD? I wasn't. So after, I didn't really decide to say, na, ah, I'll, I'll return here for my PhD, mm-hmm. no. Because, so, so my master's advisor, Ian, so he, he took his PhD in Nottingham in mm-hmm. the UK. Right. Tapos, I've also met uh, met his advisor in one of the conferences. Tapos, I actually applied and, and I got in. Mm-hmm. Tapos, that was the plan. Then I was just waiting for the the scholarship. Tapos after kung after ko graduate sa masters, I emailed Gary, yung advisor ko ngayon dito, kasi siya yung mentor ko when I was here. Sabi ko sa kanya na I'm finished with my master, so now I am applying for a PhD. Tapos sabi niya professor na siya ngayon and he can take in students, so why not apply here? Tapos sabi ko okay. Cool. That was <laughs> and then yeah and then naunang so i was already set to to go to the uk mm-hmm. pero naunang nagbigay ng offer ang drexel for you know funding <laughs> so i said then my yep is squander or maybe if you if you didn't take the chance yeah. It might go away for yeah, some reason. It might go away. Tapos a week after I sent my confirmation to Drexel, nakuha ko na yung um I got the notification from Nottingham na nakuha ko yung scholarship. Tapos para for a time I thought, hmm. You wish you could just pero, clean, have two bodies. No? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. Actually, it's good. Um. Because in terms, I mean, more aligned to what I want to do in the future, your mm-hmm. decision to come here. In, in, in Drexel, it's so, more of taxonomy. Is that right? Systematics? Um, yeah, systematics, biogeography, mm-hmm. Tapos yung collaborator ko rin sa Melbourne. Um, ganun no, din, more evolutionary biology. Mm-hmm. Not just, I mean, I'm not saying just, just. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> pero kasi... Yung kay Sir Ian, uh, genetics. Genetics. So genetics. Genetics. Yung, yung offers yeah, are nothing. Genetics. Yeah. Yung, yung background. Yep. But that's, the, that's why. Do you still deal with like tissue samples and um, PCR machines for your work? Hindi naman. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't. Um, for my research, I'm not. So I'm doing next gen sequencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I skipped the PCR, mm-hmm. uh-uh. <laughs> so I just extract the DNA, uh-uh. sent it, sent it to uh, this to the lab, and then they do the sequencing. Pero mas mas challenging yung bioinformatics part, like 
processing the data kasi bigger na yung data and all. Um, but it's almost the same principle. Yeah, ma- matching yung, yung, yung phylogeny ng your first mm-hmm. specimens, whatever it may be. Yeah. And then um, calibrating rad. it I'll say red this time. Yeah. Not, not just cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's groovy. Thank you. Man, phylogeny. Yeah, that's like the most I... like younger thing. <laughs> anyway, go on. So, yeah. So I... After college, then... Yeah. So, actually, after college, um, when I was studying in finance in New York, I didn't really have plans to live abroad. Um, and everybody was like in hardcore like finance, investment banking, mm-hmm. like stocks and trading and that kind of mode. You, you must have planned of working w- in Wall Street? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I worked in um, near Grand Central Station, so I did I did internships in banking, and then I did a full year in it. But that was also the year of the financial crash, like in two thousand eight. So yeah, it was going really really well for the industry. And then when I graduated and I got a good job, um, the industry just like completely melted mm-hmm. that year. A lot of my friends got laid off. I unfortunately didn't get laid off <laughs> because the they got great severance packages too um but it was during that year when i like felt my soul being like sucked out of me and and i was thinking i was like this isn't exactly for me i mean i knew finance was never really for me but um it was just kind of expected right for for a lot of students that enter nyu stern like finance is the strong strongest major right and so like everybody is doing trying to get like the best job at the best company right and so you're kind of like herded that way the summer before I started my um my banking year I s- traveled abroad um to South America and I met this girl who like taught English in Brazil in and Brazil, she the, the was in Brazil. In, yeah I was in Brazil and she was just like so inspiring she she like picked up and like moved to Brazil without like knowing anyone and knowing a bit of college Portuguese, but not that much. And mm-hmm. she didn't really have a job. And she was like, yeah, I just, you know, opened the newspaper and like found a place to stay and signed up at the local community college. And she lived in this like beach town, surf town, Florianopolis in Brazil. And I, when I met her, I was like, oh my God, you can do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so that idea that idea stuck with me i was like if you can do that i can do that right? and so, um, does she have like an amazon ebook bestseller somewhere <laughs> no she doesn't though and I think she, she's back in the states now right and and so that kind of planted seeds in my my head when i was banking and i was like miserable i was like oh what should i do and then and then that's when i started applying to teach english and in places right and so i applied to like korea and japan and spain and and i got placed in spain that was my top choice mm-hmm. i was really thankful for that it was nah. probably the best time one of the best times of my life yeah now here's where the tone of their story sort of flipped in need of a fidget spinner giselle told us about the uncertainty of her otherwise straight line path while hinting at this force that has been tapping on her shoulder Meanwhile, Janet, who came to the Philippines without any immediate plans whatsoever, found a job where she was putting her game face back on. Here's a common question I always ask everyone. And I wanted to ask it to you, Sana, in light of your stay in the States. But 
um, something tells me na maybe I should parang set back the 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 time frame even since nung grad school. Do you ever get existential crises? Yeah, may, flat out yes or no. Maybe. Oh my gosh, I am in one. Yeah, right now. <laughs> oh, you're in one right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, actually, yes, yes. I mean, I I was thinking about that. Nah, oh, he might ask this, and then like, I always my ask current it. Situation <laughs> and all, and Everyone then, has it. I, I, it's like the flu. I know, and, <laughs> I know. And I mean, I don't want to be, you know, to all the listeners. It's um. Well, the truth is that. I can't speak for everyone, but yeah, of course. a lot of people don't know what they're doing. Or mm-hmm. no, I mean, I, I, I mean, right now it, it just seems that I have, I know what I'm doing because there's there's this set plan. Right. But in the broader context, I'm like, I'm still on the fence about, you know, because there's there's something that. I really want to do, but because I haven't spent enough time, you know, building it up, like, yun, parang, um, I'm not saying that it's too late to pursue it, but, uh, I mean, I could make it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hobby right now, pero, yeah, I, I, it's just safe to say that I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's just like something, yeah. something distracting. Maybe from a, I mean, more from a more cynical perspective, parang it's it's something that, that, that sort of distracting you, or yeah, or maybe because it, well, maybe because parang situational. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes I, I, life gets life gets bland in a way, or yeah. hindi bland may be extremely stressful that mm. when you start thinking of another ideal situation, yeah, mas na siya, it becomes more um, uh-uh. uh, uh, like attractive and yeah. you start saying to yourself, man, that's that's what I need to do. Parang <laughs> ganun ka, but yeah. when you look back, parang you've, you've been doing it for like four or five times in your life. Right. <laughs> and every time it gets hard, you start looking on the other side again. Yeah. But, um, how, for example, I mean, barring drastic action, drastic mm-hmm. moves in life, how, how do you manage those feelings? I mean, especially that, that being away and wala yung, the, the comfort of the local culture isn't there. And I guess in America, it's more, there's a more compartmentalized way of living. How do you manage the daily? Actually, I like, I feel like I have more breathing room here mm-hmm. than here. in the Philippines. The- Few times I went home, and I feel like there's just so much stimuli. Nah, okay, we just, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're being productive and all. Um, Pero I don't get enough time to just introspect and tell your story <laughs> of how you got into the company we were in that was called uh, Berkman at the time. Sure. Um, I I think I just randomly, you know, I was I wanted to work in planning, so I was like googling Filipino urban planning companies, right. and then Berkman happened to come up. Have yeah, come up. I had they had a position like open, 
And so I messaged them, I emailed them, and then um, the senior vice president emailed me back and was like, oh, hey, come in. And we did an interview. And, and, the, and the project that was offered for that position, the first project was um, a master planning project for you know, the largest park in Metro Manila. And so it was very exciting. Like, it was very, um, it seemed like the exact opportunity. Yeah, you felt like you found like the, a gold mine, so, so to speak, of a project. Yeah, it, it fit like, the oh, bill perfectly. Master planning park. Yeah, exactly. Open space, green space, and all that. Right. Okay. So you were doing that. How did it go? I mean, what's your, how was the whole thing? I had a lot of fun. I uh-huh. really, I really enjoyed the projects. Um, I learned, I learned a lot, and I think I saw parts of the Philippines I wouldn't have seen otherwise, for sure. And I like learned a lot about the political systems and right. the social systems, mm-hmm. and um, each project area themselves are very unique. Um, so it, it was definitely worth it. And I would, I would do it again. Um, I think the problem with the issue with planning, right, especially if you're on the consultancy side, right. is that you're you're spending like months developing these plans and um, these ideas, and then it, resu- it results in a report and some presentations. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you're not the decision maker. Right. Like it's the local government agency that's mm-hmm. the decision maker. So your plan may never, you know, get executed or it may get implemented in pieces, and then it's not like comprehensively or holistically done the way that you meant for it to be done and so that was a bit frustrating um i don't know i'm pretty sure that the plans that i worked on never fully got (laughs) implemented Mm -hmm. and i already saw a little bit of like sabotage before i left and um and that's and that's a bit disheartening but you know that's not only to the philippines right like i work in planning in the U.S. And if you're not the implementer, like if you don't have the actual authority mm-hmm. and control that, and, and you work as a consultant, like you do your best and you, and you create these reports um, and you present your best ideas, but they may not necessarily be adopted. And that's also the reality of it sometimes. So that's, that's all it is. But it was a really cool job. I got to like present to the vice president of the Philippines. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I had an amazing time just being able to talk to and getting to know, you know, government officials, but also like leaders of like local organizations, cultural organizations. You were doing a lot of civic work in a country not your own. I mean, what was your mindset? I guess I didn't really think about it that way. Um, So I studied urban planning because I felt that urban planning was kind of a way to really improve the quality of life. Mm-hmm. for people right and so um urban planning is about you know transportation systems housing systems um open green space um development where i don't know in a way development in a way that life is just a little bit easier and better mm-hmm. like for example when i was living in madrid and in amsterdam um I just noticed how important, you know, having a really good bus and metro system was mm-hmm. and having, you know, good housing, right? So different governments have different ways of providing like social housing. Right. Affordable and then, housing. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then also just having like 
open space, plazas, parks for people to enjoy. And so, you know, I would be out and I would, I would notice that there's so many like old people out having fun, enjoying right. dinner. Right. And like in the U.S., you don't see old people out as much because like they need to drive everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that is that is an equity kind of thing. And you, start, you see old people and young people together. And um, and that was actually what inspired me to like study urban planning. I was like, oh, how do I how can I like contribute to this and um, work in a field where, you know, you make life better for everybody. And so, so being in the Philippines, it wasn't so much like, oh, I'm doing work for a country that's not my own. It was more that like, oh, I'm trying to work in a field that changes policy, that changes um, actual, you know, day-to-day life of anybody using um, any of the, or anyone that gets impacted by like housing, transit, open space, clean water, right. right? That kind of thing. Is this still your day job in Hawaii? Um, yes. Well, I work in city government um, in Hawaii. I work in, with the city and county of Honolulu in the land use permits um, division. And that basically means zoning. So we regulate like how high you can build mm-hmm. or how dense you can build. Also, and what kind this time of you're in the other side of the fence, right? You're in the doer side yeah i'm uh-huh, I'm, I'm on the city side but because i'm in regulation a lot of it is kind of a lot of it is telling people what they can do and what they cannot do now both of them were away from home and that has a tendency to tweak your personality a bit i asked how either of them were changed by being in the u.s and the philippines you were saying something about yeah. um like having more breathing space there, which is, which is ironic because America is a busier place, right? I, I was about to ask, you know, how how was living in Philadelphia or in America in general, since you go back and forth from New York, like you said. How how does that? How do you think that changes you, on a on a like on a present basis? Do you think iba yung Giselle Jan? Like. If you were, if two Giselles were to live in the Philippines and in the States mm-hmm. for the next twenty years, so you just imagine mm-hmm. yourself living there for twenty years. Do you, can you really imagine that? Would they really turn out the same? Maybe no, uh, right? Maybe I mean definitely because I think I'll age faster there <laughs> <laughs> with the smoke <laughs> with all this. Yeah, I mean, and the yeah, with, the and with all the stimuli, and I mean, I'm, I'm also not a very sociable person, mm. as you can see. Di naman ako post with a lot of mm-hmm. people. Um, but but now you're running marathons, bikeathons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but definitely, I'm mean, comparing myself to my master self. Nung nung nagtuturo ako mm-hmm. sa IB, like. After work, we would after ping pong, lalabas, kakain. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then so we would go out, and then we'd still talk about work, um, which is sometimes good to get things done. But sometimes it's just, gosh, this is just too much. All work, work, work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pero, 
um, here, I don't know, siguro it's, it's also nice na malayo sa family. Not that I'm saying yeah, that of I course, don't of want course, to yeah. be with my family. But yung, um, like, um, uh, the literally sp- the space. Yeah, yeah, and you have to pl- yeah. plan your dinner. Yeah. It's just, I think, if you're the kind of person who who's used to going out with other people or um, not doing things on your own, I think mas mahirapan ka mag-adjust dito sa, sa US kasi it's, I, medyo it's hard to make friends. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I, have, I have a lot of friends, but most of them are international students. I don't know, but maybe for some it works, but... It's it's hard to make friends. <laughs> well, I guess <laughs> if if anything for anyone at all, parang treat this. If if you were to come to the states on some sort of like graduate grad studies, or for some time, treat mm-hmm. it like a, a like an alone time, uh, a mental transformative period. It's like yeah. the, w- w- where do yeah. you ever get uh, where do you ever get a chunk of five years alone, diba? If not abroad. That's true. Unless magiging yeah. ano ka, Jim yeah. Lafranchi living in the jungle. <laughs> Anything you just, you just any like good thing you brought out with you when you left the Philippines? I made some good friends there. Actually, mm-hmm. a couple right. of um, neighbors in the. No, actually, a couple of ladies I worked with at in local government. Cool. Um, they were young planners on the other side, right? So mm-hmm. we we're working for the consultancy, but then there were two. Um, two women that were working on behalf of the, yeah. the tourism one of the tourism agencies yeah. and um it was yeah we became good friends cool. and so i made some good friends and, and you know what i um i first surfed in the philippines and oh, really? um yeah i took i took surfing lessons because they were affordable and mm-hmm. um everything accessible is. <laughs> yeah every, everything is um and so Little did I know that, like, you know, the first time I surfed, it was magical. I, like, I was hooked, like, immediately. And right. so I didn't, I didn't realize how important this would, like, play in my life. Mm-hmm. But once, I surfed a few times in the Philippines. But then after I left and I was back home for a little bit on the East Coast, I was like, oh, man, I need to, like, keep surfing. Like, I need it, it to be a bigger part of my touch. life. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just needed, it just like, I felt very connected um, to the ocean and it was a, just a very magical feeling. And so, so I ended up in Hawaii because I was searching for places to live where I can surf. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> where I could like, I right. get better at surfing. Looks yeah. like uh, you're going to stay in the tropics for a little bit longer, huh? <laughs> a bit longer. It's, it's going to be hard to live somewhere where I can't surf now. <laughs> when asked about her expertise, Giselle spoke with authority. It's the same with Janet, the former finance grad that found herself reeling during the financial crisis. A sense of importance and meaning came through. What What do we need to know about your f- field of study? If kung may catastrophe or disaster, <laughs> catastrophe or disaster, what What kind of disaster would it be that you would be running to you for answers? Oh yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, I, I I'm thinking of working on something like that like invasive pest species pagbalik kasi mm-hmm. um 
So, merong from the USDA na may office dito sa department namin. Tapos yun, sabi niya, parang black hole ang Philippines in terms of, you know, knowledge sa, or information about invasive pest mm-hmm. snails. So, yun. In snails in particular, yung golden apple snail? Um, golden apple snail, um, akatina, and then there are also slugs. So the last time I had a field work in Mount Data in Benguet, mm-hmm. um, the owner of the inn where we stayed, she said that um, there were all these slugs in their in their cabbage farm. Tapos I took samples actually, and then I I showed it to Dave Robinson, yung USDA person. Uh, it, it, How did that species get to Benguet? <laughs> and it's a species from uh, from Europe. Oh. So it's it's like I I don't know how a, a European slug species would like be found. Dead center, Benguet. Yung, I mean, dead center, yung ID, talagang where in Europe. In... Yeah, yeah. I I'm not sure, pero okay. it's a European species. So. Wal walang chance tapos ako evolve ko evolve lang yung part ng DNA niya. With someone um, with another species in the Europe and no, because I mean that's the thing with these with these invasive um, slugs. At least, parang walang competition. Conserved yung conserved yung structures nila such that it's easy to identify. Parang giveaway talaga. Chaka walang ang com- competitor, so that's why they're prolifer- mm-hmm. proliferating yeah. and eating the cabbage. Yeah. So, so she, the, the owner of this cabbage farm, they have to use pesticides. I actually didn't ask control. her. Well, she didn't know how to how to deal with them. Cause recent lang then na infestation. So sometimes she puts salt, which is safe, you know. Oh, At least hindi pesticides or molecisides. Ang cabbage pa naman it's yeah. eaten raw sometimes. With mayo. I know. People and onions. No. Close law. <laughs> yes. Oh no. <laughs> Sorry listeners, if you if you love cabbage, yeah. you have to saute them first. <laughs> Cook your cabbage or at least blanch them. Rinse them with warm water mm-hmm. and cold water. Yeah. Right. So you're planning like a, a pest, a bio-pest control field. Alam mo ba dami application Not really yan? control, but it's... um. I mean, if somebody could think of the control, but it's more of uh, like monitoring mm-hmm. like where these infestations are. And then we could also track, yung, you know, yung, yung, um, kasi marami tayong mga islands, diba? So yung mga shipping routes, kung mm-hmm. um, maybe pwedeng ma-predict yung paano magsuspread yung mga pests na to. So we, we create laws, right, that determine um, right. how much parking you should be providing, right, or whether you need to plant street trees, um, or I specifically deal with um, keeping like cultural and architectural design um, standards within certain areas of the island. And so 
So you do a bit of both. I don't know. Planning is very complicated because there's right. so many different mm-hmm. sectors that you can be working with, right? It's not just one field. Like housing is all its own field. Transportation is all its own field. Uh, clean water supply and um, is it like another field. And so there's there's a lot of things going on. So it's kind of, it's kind of exciting. We're we're building our rail right now. A, a light rail? Oahu. And it's going to be... Yeah, it's um, mm-hmm. it's gonna be above ground, and the first train right. system I think since the 1900s <laughs> in Oahu. And so there's a lot of you know, there's gonna be a lot of change yeah, when that finally gets completed. And we're we're changing the zoning around the stations because some of the areas where the stations are now are like industrial and no one goes there. But once the train comes in mm-hmm. and you have like massive amounts of people, kind of like go there then the, um, the development will change right and we're trying to work on how to make that development you wow. know good like how That's to provide housing how Jaya. to make it easy right. for people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and providing mixed use for people yeah i could imagine if the same if you were doing the same project in the philippines it'd be like court cases every other month oh oh i see what you're saying <laughs> um it's uh i think it's Right. Not so frustrating as in the Philippines. <laughs> there is mm-hmm. definitely court cases still in Oahu. Like when rail was being built, they got like all these lawsuits mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I think people are concerned because it's like right. taxpayers' money, right? But it's also a lot of people don't understand the benefits of rail. They don't understand the benefits of like mass transportation and. Um, it, it's a pretty car-centric like society, and having lived in places myself where, you know, public trans- transit can like really make such a difference. Um, sometimes it's a little bit frustrating to to see right. all the anti-rail folks and and be like, oh, well, I'm not going to use the rail. Why should my taxes, you know, go towards that? And it's like, well, I don't own a car. Why are all my taxes going to like these mm, that, that, that's roads, a fair right? Point. Yeah. Where, um, yeah, and people don't think about it because they take um, um, for granted mm-hmm. like their right to drive, right? Their right to drive and, and to have good roads and their right to park, right? Like parking is super cheap. Um, and so it's right. a it, it's a mindset change that yeah, will, like, I, I, have I was to happen. I, I was about to say yeah. like um, if. But, if ever you had like a, a private entity coming in with the financing, it's gonna be like conflicted interests. You're gonna see restaurants that are not mom and pop shops. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, own buildings, and, high rents, and, and people being priced yeah. out. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's definitely a concern. It's definitely something that we are we've been working on. We're trying to we developed a policy for inclusionary housing, which forces developers to provide like. Uh, mm-hmm. X amount of affordable housing units, but of course, like developers are like, oh, we can't afford this, right. and blah 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 blah, <laughs> mm, and so it's a, it's a back oh. and forth. Yeah. Now here's where things round out. Giselle comes clean with her newfound passion for her art and how it's burgeoning within herself as the unexpected turn in a straight, well curated path to the academe. It's the same for Janet, who has tumbled around for a while how art has found its way back to her and now growing beyond the sketchpad and into a small business. Yeah, any plans for the future? Plans for the 
future. Um, are you, or maybe we have like some level of anxiety going to the future? Um, uh, definitely I do. Um, actually, you're lucky. I I'm not lacking anxiety right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So from time to time, I get anxious about uh, a lot of things because I don't know. Um, ngayon para minsan deliberate. No, I don't want to say this. <laughs> Pero, sige. Hindi naman, I'm not trying to deliberately rebel against systems. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, minsan kasi, like, part of the existential crisis is that sometimes you feel like you've just been following this well-curated path na, of course I'm gonna do this. I mean, that's what I'm expected to do. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, now I'm getting. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. You're, you're on. Yeah, a, you're yeah. Track, <laughs> um, I mean, which the, is important. Are, are you trying to say that, parang maybe you're, you felt like um, maybe, imp- maybe imposter I'm just syndrome. Ha- I'm just following, and not actually not so much as that, but it's more of just whether all the decisions you've done or or you've made up to this point were really your decisions or or my decisions mm-hmm. or were they just you know um to appease someone or to to meet the expectations of someone you know because i mean i feel i felt that i think that's what made me or at least that's what that's what helped me like up my game as as a researcher while I was in UP as 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 a master student and an instructor because parang the the name of IB and UP is attached to you mm-hmm. so it's like wala parang don't you dare fail parang right, ganon right. na I feel like okay it's I feel like it's um it won't be or the university won't be that forgiving if if I don't meet up to the expectations or or if I choose not to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, what I'm anxious about is is my own uh, yung my own time for myself. Right, right. <laughs> like, I ha- how am I going to put my art into this? Like, mm-hmm. There you uh, go. <laughs> because, because I'm sure that I'll, I mean... It's going back to meeting the expectations. I'm sure I will make a way for for me to have like to publish this much and to to get grad students and those parang okay I did this pero of course because I was expected to do it that's why I'll do it pero parang I don't know am I am I doing this begrudgingly already or although even if I mean. I am happy doing it, but then, and it's it's not so much about whether you find purpose in it or or whatever. I mean, work is work. You you don't have to put your whole self into it. But I am anxious about losing this self that I just rediscovered while I was here with a lot of breathing uh, room. On your offline, yeah. you should scan your work. You have any snapshots, lang. I should. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, that I'll, I'll need to look for publishers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah i would like to make it more more solid like this this mm-hmm. hobby of mine Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think of it like um video games. That. Video games. You you, you know, yeah. diba? You know people who spend like 2 hours a week, 4 hours a week playing video games for because it's it's their thing. Playing Yeah. PlayStation or Xbox is their thing, mm-hmm. diba? Well, that's your thing. So obviously, being outside your comfort zone is your comfort zone. Would you say that? Um, I do like being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I could say. I that. mean, uh, right <laughs> now, if you're already building roots and sinking your feet in Hawaii, are you being uncomfortable in a way that's ma- like like making you itch? Like, oh, I gotta go. I gotta get out of soon. <laughs> All right. Um. I I don't necessarily I don't really feel that in mm-hmm. my uh currently in Hawaii. I remember when I was in Spain um one of my friends said that I had a culo inquieto which is like which translate to um unstill but mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're you're just never still, right? right? Um I think cuz you asked me this question so I've been thinking about it. Um I think at different times in your life it's like really valuable to be outside of your comfort zone mm-hmm. especially when you're young because that's when that's when the learning curve is really steep right mm-hmm. you you face challenges and then you learn from them and all of the things that you thought applied like maybe your reality um is different right like your conceptions about the world um get changed so Not everyone wants to travel or to live, you know, someplace foreign, and 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 that kind of thing is is different for everyone, right? But I think if you if you do want to travel and you do want to, you know, do something else than what you're currently doing, it's like it's really important to think about how important that desire is to you and how much do you like really want to do it, right? And are you afraid to do it? And if you're afraid to do it. then that's probably something you should do. <laughs> I think uh doing things that um we're afraid to do is is um beneficial to us. Um and we should be doing more of like what our heart tells us that that we want, right? Like think about like what your dreams are and um what do you, you know, what do you daydream about? What do you dream about? And and if you don't try to pursue your own dreams, then who will right someone else is not going to do it for you right um yeah i think like the closer you get to your dreams then the closer you get to finding out who who you truly are who you really are on the inside and i think that's just along the lines of like you know being um okay with changing paths a lot i never thought that i would move to hawaii like i had no desire to live in hawaii mm-hmm. when i was when i was growing up um and i wasn't i was kind of scared when i when i first got there because i didn't know anyone and and i had rebuilt my life already like a few times and i wasn't really like stoked to do it again mm-hmm. but i was committed to surfing and i wanted <laughs> to uh <laughs> and i got a job in urban planning and um and so i moved to hawaii and you know hawaii completely changed my life again Right, and I think it it placed me in a pl- in in like a personal place 
um, that's like more true to who I am. And um, I'm like closer to nature and I'm doing the things that I enjoy. And I've met a lot of people that, you know, mean a lot to me. Um, I found my husband in Hawaii Mm -hmm. and, um, and then I started doing art in Hawaii. Like I just, I never, and I never like did art. I mean, I did art a little bit as a kid. Right. But so I went from, so I guess that's what I mean. I went from like investment banking to like teaching English to doing that, to studying urban planning. And, and now I'm like kind of transitioning and to becoming, um, a watercolor artist and like building my art business and and so we'll see where that goes yeah it just feels right where i am right now okay let me throw you a curveball question um surfing painting and working at your like um, white collar fancy day job (laughs) what do you want one has to go Uh, like, uh, uh, like, so, like for example so, suddenly you make money from surfing like professionally or from your artworks from your paintings yeah and then obviously you have to give um, up something yeah would you give up yeah. like that, that that urban planning part of yourself that you were you're also passionate about yeah um yeah, I think it depends on what you feel is right at any moment, right? Like, when I first moved to Hawaii, it was, like, urban planning and surfing, right? Mm-hmm. And so those two. And, and I surf before I work, right? So I wake up at, like, 4.30, me and my husband, oh. to, like, to surf when it's dark and then the it's sun dark. rises. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and seeing the sunrise over the ocean is one of the most amazing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to experience that multiple times a week is really special and so so then i and then i go to work like just having my hair combed but not showered (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty hip (laughs) hopefully not hopefully not too smelly (laughs) um and the art has been building i mean i first started off as like just some doodles in my sketchbook and sketching Mm -hmm. some more and then i started doing more and i started doing paintings for friends and like now, if you were to ask me and if I didn't have to worry about, like, a stable income, mm-hmm. then I would say I'm headed more towards, like, doing art, you know, and, and still surf. Right. But, um, but we'll see. We'll see what, what happens and where, where life will take me. I, 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 I once asked somebody, actually, it was, like, an artist mentor of mine, and I asked them, I was like, I was like, I don't know, you know, what my gift to the world is, right? Because I've always been, like, kind of good at, like, most things. And I don't know if it's, like, urban planning or if it's art. Like, I don't know if I was, like, meant to do art, right? And if art is my gift. Um, And he told me, he was, like, he's, like, oh, your gift to the world, like, whatever's in your basket to offer, um, it's just you being you. He's like, yeah, it's you being you. And if art comes out of that, that's great. And if art doesn't, that's great too. You know, like no pressure. Um, and because I, I love art and I love doing it and I think there's a lot of room for me to grow, um, then I'm just going to keep doing it while I, while I can until I can make it an even bigger part of my life. So we've come to the part of the show where you whip out your phone and go into Instagram or your favorite browser. Anyway, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> go for it, go for it. So how, funny. How, what, what should they type on uh, Instagram to find you? Um, the Spectacled Pebble. That's um, 
one word. So be spectacled. Bebo, as in be spectacled. Be spectacled. Bravo. Pebble. Yeah. Be spectacled. Spectacled. Pebble. As in like the small stone. Right. Yeah. Why not the? Oh, because FYI, the surname ko ay Big Stone, but we're all little people. Oh. Actually, I was about to ask that. Hindi ba? It's it's so providential. I, actually, yung malaki in my mind, para yeah. okay, malakology, malaki, malakol. Oh, she fits <laughs> oh, the bill. <laughs> Ay, oh my gosh, I said but the malakology. <laughs> you should change your Instagram <laughs> handle. <laughs> I could I could make another like sketch about that. Pero wait, I'll write that down. <laughs> well, Janet, where can people find your art? Um, yeah, you can find me at JanetMikeyLau.com. That's J-A-N-E-T-M-E-I-N-K-E-L-A-U.com. I have a blog on my um, on my website as well with some writings about that kind of um, search, right? To always kind of be searching for for what makes your life more meaningful and how can you be more you. Is that like a... Um... Uh, the epilogue, epilogue of your book. Would you say? You're yeah, in a, you're, maybe you're in a happy place. <laughs> I am in a happy place. Yeah, and I'm in a happy place because of decisions I've made, because because of my opportunities, and because of the decisions I've made throughout my life. Um, and and I've seen a lot of people uh, be not make this same similar kinds of decisions because because they're afraid right or because it's not what everybody else is doing and um and it's different for everyone but i would just like to encourage you know people to to think about what is that they want and not what everyone else wants of them i guess so just to recap for giselle's instagram page that's bespectacled pebble b-e as in the prefix Spectacled Pebble, as in wearing glasses and a small rock. And then for Janet's website, that's Janet Mikeylau. The last name is M-E-I-N-K-E-L-A-U. JanetMikeylau.com Alright, Ma'am Giselle, thank you very much for your time. And I wish you all the best in, your, in the remainder of your time there in Philadelphia. And I do hope, one time or the other, get to eat a bagel with cream cheese. Yes. Yes. And Again, everything bagel. <laughs> and spend your last days sketching in under your favorite tree. Thank you so much, Janet, for your time. And I hope you enjoy your time in Ireland. And um, Thank you. For, for, our, for, our, for our friends listening, maybe, I'll speak on their behalf. Hope to see you soon. When I was still in school, I always seemed to encounter a handful of classmates who drew really well. The drawings always bore a sense of seriousness or devotion by the artists, and it just delighted their usual wackiness. But just like most artistic talents, these things get left behind. It's the usual suspects, law, medicine, science, engineering. But let's get real. 
Continuous resounding success is rare as Tinkerbell. When we hit brick walls, we dig back, looking for answers. And for both Giselle and Janet, they dug way back to when they were still kids. Simply said, the art within them was long time coming and it came at a time in their lives when they were profound and vulnerable, feeling brave but also unsure. But one thing is certain, sometime not too long ago, they both sat on a bench by the park, opened an empty page and with a pencil started to draw. I hope you guys enjoyed this two-in-one episode of Life As Podcast. I zeroed in on both Giselle and Janet because their artworks were coming into my newsfeed at the same time, and I was amazed at this sort of sameness, like the way they must have viewed their subjects and put it on the page. I don't know. Should just open two tabs and check out their pages. And of course, sorry for taking this long to post a new episode. For comments, critiques, and podcast volunteers, feel free to message lifeaspodcast at soho.com. My name is Ryan Madrid. Thanks for listening.